0: at Potter's House, and we work through the Bible together, and so after we finish one passage, the next week we go to the next passage kind of thing, and uh, so that's what we're continuing to do, and so where we are in the story right now is, uh, is we're getting close to Jesus' crucifixion, uh, and we're actually, today we're looking at the, the time where uh, where he's on trial, he's been arrested. Uh, last week we, we saw his betrayal by Judas and the arrest there in the garden, and uh saw that last week. Uh, the next passage is actually Peter's denial. We already covered that when we uh, were covering where Jesus um, predicted that that was what was going to happen, that Peter was going to deny him. And so, so we come to, to this week um, to a place where Jesus has been arrested. And it starts, it's in the middle of the night. Um, and they haven't gotten to the, the sunrise yet where all of the, the trials and all of that starts. And uh, in Luke chapter 22... Uh, starting in verse 63, it says this, Now the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And they said many other things against him, blaspheming him. And so we see here this tough account of, of what Is kind of just the beginning where we saw last week how Jesus willingly walked into this, right? It wasn't that they pulled one over on him. It wasn't that they, Judas had this great, cunning, crafty plan that there was just no way Jesus could escape. But no, Jesus willingly was walking in to his arrest because he came for this purpose. He came for the purpose of of giving his life for us. And so he's walking forward to that. And here, we see him being blindfolded and beaten. And you're like, well, I came to church for Jesus in the manger, and angels singing, and you're talking about Jesus being beaten, and that's the wrong time of year, Wayne. this is, that's Easter, this is Christmas, what are you doing? Well, let's go with it. Let's see, what we're going to do today is we're going to see how this account near Jesus' death things about Jesus that we see even in his birth. We see the same truths talked about in his birth that we see talked about here right before his death. And in his birth, when those truths are confronted, when they're they're found out, the response of the people around is to praise and worship Jesus. Here in his death, they're using the same reasons, the same truths as reasons for killing him. But we start with the fact that what we see here about Jesus is the fact that he's a prophet. These people are beating him. It's widely accepted. Everybody knows, everybody is given Jesus credit that, hey, this guy's a prophet. He can teach good stuff. He can tell us stuff that's going to happen. He is He's a good prophet. But beyond just being a prophet, Jesus was also the prophet who was prophesied about. Uh, Jesus fulfilled so many uh, prophecies through his life that were said and written like thousands hundreds of thousands of years before he was ever born. Um, It's estimated that there's over 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled in his life. Um, And some mathematicians have done the odds on this, right? So it's like you're betting odds on whether, whether or not one guy could fulfill this many prophecies. And so the odds for one person fulfilling eight prophecies, Eight of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled The odds for that Which by the way Jesus fulfilled that many just in his birth So that's Those are circumstances he really didn't have a lot of say so over, Right so it's not like he like learned all these things And he made sure he did them right in his life or whatever Like no like he fulfilled eight Just in his birth The odds of that happening Are one in one hundred quadrillion Alright A quadrillion is a hundred thousand trillions Okay So there's one chance And 100 quadrillion, that one person could fulfill eight of these prophecies, okay? The odds for one person fulfilling 48 prophecies is 1 in 10 to the 157th power, all right? So 157 zeros. The odds of one person fulfilling over 300 prophecies, which is what Jesus did, well, let's just say that that person is Jesus, okay? All right, you, you guys get the picture now, right? Like, it's just the, numerically and the chances and the odds of just like all of this happening around one person, it's like kind of a crazy thing. And these prophecies, these things for, for thousands of years have been prophesied, even going back to, to the very beginning, right after the fall, right after Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, God spoke to Eve and said, Hey, one of your descendants, serpent is going to strike his heel. He's going to crush the serpent's head. What is Jesus? The cross is where the serpent, or Satan, struck his heel. But ultimately, Jesus crushes Satan. And so, so anyway, we see that, that Jesus here was widely considered a prophet, and they're mocking him for that. The truth of this isn't debated, but they're mocking him, you know, blindfolding him, hitting him saying, prophesy who did that to you. So that's a, a sad thing to see, but it's something that we can see about Jesus is that he was widely accepted for this. But the problem with this was that being a prophet did not give the people who arrested him any grounds legally for which to kill him. Right? Especially when you consider the fact that the Romans are ultimately in charge. Um, Do the Romans really care If someone's a prophet No they don't care Um, And so As we look at at the rest of this passage As we keep going We see them on this attempt To try to, to find Something For which They can kill him And so Verse 66 Hey Haley I don't know if I'm in the monitors or something Hearing myself in echo and stereo and is distracting to my head. So I don't know if anybody else hears what I'm hearing. But. So when day came, the assembly of the elders of the people gathered together, both chief priests and scribes, and they led him away to the council. And they said, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe. If I ask you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man, referring to himself, shall be seated at the right hand of the power of God. So they all said, Are you the Son of God, then? And he said to them, You say that I am. And they said, What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. And so here we we see them, they start to question Jesus, and they're trying to find something they can pin on Him, that by their rules would be reason for which they could kill Him. And and so they're they're asking Him, are you the Christ? So what does that mean, are you the Christ? And He answers it here. He says, I'm the Son of Man. I'm the Son of Man who's going to sit on the throne next to the Father. And so, so, so he's he's here. He's saying, "I am the Son of Man." Well, what is, what is that terminology? The Son of Man. Where does that come from? The prophet Daniel uses this terminology a lot throughout his book of prophecy. The Son of Man, but Jesus here is saying, as the Christ, I am the Son of Man. I am a man. I am fully man. But he also. So are you the son of God then he says He affirms in a way by saying You say that I am Like you're, you're getting that right and So we see here That Jesus is the Christ Who is fully God And fully man So where else do we see this in scripture We see this at his birth We see this when the angel First comes to Mary And, and the angel is telling Mary about what's about to happen And we're going to read that passage A little bit later but so basically, um, he's the angel's saying, Hey, you're gonna be with child, and it's the son of God, and, and all this good stuff's gonna happen through him and his life and everything. And Mary's like, Um, that's great. One moment. Um, I'm a virgin. Uh, how's that gonna work? And uh, and the angel says, The Spirit of God is gonna come upon you. And you're gonna conceive, and you're gonna give birth to the son of God. So through Mary, he's fully man, and through the Holy Spirit, he's fully God, and it's the two Um, But this truth is also seen in Luke chapter 2. And uh, in Luke chapter 2, we have this fun account. Starting in verse 8. This is right after Jesus is born. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. A little side note here. Um, so we are we talking uh, for our Christmas Eve, Eve service. Uh, the kids are going to have a part in it. And they're planning on dressing them up. And Heather was saying that, that they're planning on dressing up some of them as shepherds and then some of them as angels. And great warriors, uh, that whenever they show up in Scripture, the first thing they say is don't be afraid, uh, because they're very fearful beings, um, and so, so yeah, but anyway, it's just um, uh, uh, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. When they saw it. They made known the same that had been told to them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all he, that they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. So, what was it they heard about Jesus? is here he is here for you and that is a response against our religion, that gives us the right and the authority to sentence you to death because you are exalting yourself to this point. And we know through history that actually the Jewish leadership was given authority under the Romans to put some people to death on their own laws based around their religion. But these religious leaders did not want all of that. sentenced Jesus to death. Uh, And now, so now let's think about this. Think about what you know about Roman views of deity. Alright, so you have the whole Roman God system, right? All these different gods and everything like that. So the Jews hold to one God, and if anybody else if they just show up to the Roman ruler and say, hey, this guy claims to be God, is he going to care? Not really, because he'll probably say either one of two things. Either one, he'll say, well, maybe he is a God, in which case, I don't want to go against him. Um, that whole God system, they're always fighting with each other, and then they smash people and all this kind of stuff in their whole view, right? Like, it's really a, a crazy view they had a Yeah, if I believe in that and somebody came to me saying, hey, this guy says he's God, would I want to nail him to a cross? Probably not. Uh, So they're like, hey, we've got to get something that the Romans will actually care about. And so in chapter 23 it goes on, And the whole company of them arose and brought him before Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar. So they're accusing him of telling people not to pay taxes to Caesar. Which when we looked at that passage where they asked him about paying taxes, what did he say? He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. So even this is just a lie that they're trumping up against him. And saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And so, oh now would the Romans care if this man is, is claiming to be a king and trying to lead you know, some kind of insurrection and? and Against the kingdom. Yeah, they would care about that. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And so we see here again Jesus affirming in this way what's being said the fact that Jesus is the king of the Jews. So, where else have we heard? account of the Christmas story we don't see um, this story about the shepherds but instead Matthew includes a story about some wise men uh, in Matthew chapter 2 um, starting verse 1 it says this now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king behold wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying where is he who has been born king of the Jews once again this Are from you, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Again, showing the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, just a he was Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold the star that they had seen. And it rose, went before them, until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, her mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another guys are confronted with this truth. Jesus is the king of the Jews. But what's their response? Their worship. They worship by bringing gifts. They bring in these expensive gifts that were useful, especially when we consider what's about to happen with uh, the fact that Herod doesn't want to worship him. He wants to kill him because he doesn't want there to be a king of the Jews. Jesus is around two at this time, not the Lord, so if you, you have a nativity scene, and you have the wise that with the shepherds, that came at different times, so you might want to separate them. Um, but anyway, uh, and so, so Jesus here is being praised because he's the king of the Jews. A reason for worshiping, a reason for giving himself, a reason for saying, hey, what I have of value is Is the reason for which Pilate's asking him, is this the reason that I need to kill you? So once again we see the same truth. Some people are confronted with it, they worship and praise and boy, And others there's now peace on earth. Glory to God in highest. Other people confronted this truth. What is what does Herod surmise about all of this In Luke chapter 23? I mean, Pilate, so Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowd, no flaw in- I am? I'm not. He is truly perfect. He died on the cross. He paid a price that he didn't know. He paid the price that he came here to pay. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas was him coming. Another thing that we knew about him from the Christmas story, from the very beginning, in Luke chapter one, we have this account that I mentioned earlier of Mary talking with the angel and finding out about what's going on. I'm read this to you. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man. Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. They came to her and said, Greetings, O favored One, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Again, scary intimidating being trying up talk to Mary, for you have found favor with God. angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. And then he goes in Before she even was pregnant, before she even knew she was having a kid, at the very moment she was finding out, and she was like, hey, here's something special about your kid. It's going to be cool. And you know what? He lives a holy and perfect life. He's the perfect mm-hmm. example of New here, and, uh, might step on some toes here, right, so uh, put on your thick skin for a minute. Um, but uh, I know, I know some of you really like uh, the Christmas song um, "Mary Did You Know." Uh, right? It's a song, scene, asking Mary these questions about if she knew who Jesus was and, and all of this stuff. And, um, it's really a pretty song. Is yes, Mary did know. Um, the angel told her, um, and then if you don't know if she understood it, uh, right after she meets with Elizabeth, um, a little bit later in chapter one of Luke, uh, she sings a song where she spells out the fact that yes, she knew. Um, and so we don't need to ask her um, if she knew uh, because she did know. Um, and so, so yeah. Your favorite song. Sorry uh, for, for stepping on toes or anything, uh, but uh, but yeah. And, and furthermore, why do we sing a song to Mary? Um, anyway, let, let's sing like she sets the example of who to sing to, and she sings to God, praises God. Um and so I want to follow her example, and let's let's sing the sing to Jesus and praise Him. Um, but anyway, sorry right, I'm off that soapbox. Uh, sorry if I offended any of you too much. Uh, so Jesus is here once again, at his trial, end of his life. And the reasons that they are throwing up for which they want to see him killed are these same reasons that we have known about him from the very beginning, from his birth. From the manger scene. This truth has been revealed. At his birth, we see people coming around this truth, praising God and shouting glory to God in the highest. Angels in your response to who Jesus is? When you come to this time of year, are you... Stuff that that's Yes. Is-